Welcome, everybody, to tonight's Zoomcast on Christ prophesies of end-time deliverance and destruction. And we'll start in 3 Nephi chapter 24, where Christ is quoting Malachi, and specifically Malachi 3. And it came to pass that he commanded them that they should write the words which the Father had given unto Malachi, which he should tell unto them. And it came to pass that after they were written, he expounded them. And these are the words which he did tell unto them, saying, Thus said the Father unto Malachi, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple. Now, this messenger who the Lord is going to send is that end-time servant who shows up on the scene before the coming of Jesus Christ in his glory. And about this end-time messenger in DNC 85, verse 7, it says, And it shall come to pass that I, the Lord, will send one mighty and strong, holding the scepter of power in his hand, clothed with light for a covering, whose mouth shall utter words, eternal words, while his bowels shall be a fountain of truth, to set in order the house of God. And we'll soon see why this is relevant, because much of Malachi's message is actually to leaders in the church that exists shortly before the coming of Christ. And to arrange by lot the inheritances of the saints whose names are found and the names of their fathers and their children enrolled in the book of the law of God. So back to 3 Nephi 24. And it came to pass that he commanded that they should write the words which the father had given unto Malachi, which he should tell unto them. And it came to pass that they were written. He expounded them. And these are the words which he did tell unto them, saying, Thus did the father say unto Malachi, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant, whom ye delight in, behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. Now the Lord suddenly coming to his temple is the temple which shall be built in New Jerusalem. But who may abide the day of his coming? And who shall stand when he appeareth? Well, we're about to be told that the glory and fire that consumes the wicked is the same glory and fire that sanctifies the righteous. And he's about to tell us who will be able to abide that day and who will not. For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. Now, fuller's soap is something that they use to clean um, sheared wool and remove the, the grease and grime and to make it white. And again, we have this juxtaposition. We have the refiner's fire, which destroys that which is impure. It turns dross into ash and the fuller's soap, which takes that which is filthy and makes it pure and white. And he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, 
and he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. Now it's important to note that the context is end time before the second, directly before the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver. So this has direct reference to members of the church um, for whom the Aaronic priesthood survived when the fullness of the gospel had been taken. And also um, that tribe of Lehi who will be gathered, who will enter into the new covenant. But that there will be those among the LDS church who will be refined by the glory of God and will accept the higher order of the gospel. Then shall the offering of Judah and Jerusalem be pleasant unto the Lord as in the days of old, as in former years. All right. The, the Jews of old in Isaiah's terms are the Latter-day Saints of today. Um, you know, the first shall be last, the last shall be first. And, you know, certainly both the Gentiles or Latter-day Saints and also Judah and the rest of the house of Israel will have the hand extended to them to accept the fullness of the gospel and survive the destructions that have been prophesied by John the Revelator and by Isaiah and by Jeremiah and most of the holy prophets. And I will come near to you to judgment, and I will be a swift witness against the sorcerers and against the adulterers and against false swearers and against those who oppress the hireling in his wages and the widow and the fatherless, and that turn aside the stranger and fear not me, saith the Lord of hosts. Okay, the first reference of this is among members of the church. Now, who are the sorcerers? Those who profess to have power and authority that they do not have, and they know that they do not have it. False swearers, and against those that oppress the hireling in his wages, and the widow and the fatherless, and turn aside the stranger and fear not me, saith the Lord of hosts. For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. So, you know, sons of Jacob are God's covenant people. Well, right now, God has a covenant, you know, with, you know, broader Israel and also specifically with the Latter-day Saints. And the purifier of silver, um, the purifier of the sons of Levi, you know, has direct reference to the end time servant returning in verse one and opening again, the heavens and restoring again, the Melchizedek priesthood to the earth that those who have received the Aaronic priesthood may have the opportunity to enter into the new covenant, offer up a broken heart and contrite spirit which is the actual covenant that God extends to his people. 
that they might receive the endowment of power or the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and receive the Melchizedek priesthood, both of which prepare um, a man to, at a future point, enter into the rest of the Lord, which rested the fullness of his glory. And, you know, certainly for women, the acceptance of the new covenant and receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, if she and he will continue to feast upon the words of Christ, they will one day enter into the rest of the Lord, which rest is the fullness of his glory, which is not just to have a vision of Christ. And it is not even to have Christ come down here and visit them here. It is to ascend to the high mountain, but not the earthly mountain, the heavenly mountain, the seventh heaven and come into Christ's presence in his glory. And this is taking the common metal and purifying it into silver. And much of the imagery that Isaiah uses is also used by Malachi. You know, for I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Talking about those uh, of the house of Israel who are not destroyed at his coming, because there are many who are. And in verse five, we just got a list of, you know, those who would be destroyed, who are of Israel. Even from the days of your fathers, ye are gone away from mine ordinances. So this has both historical reference and reference to the fullness of the gospel restored unto Joseph Smith and what we have done to it. Even from the days of your fathers, ye are gone away from mine ordinances and have not kept them. For how often do we heard it proclaimed from the rooftops, the new and everlasting covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit that we might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and the experience of those who um, would lead us of how they came to a broken heart and contrite spirit and received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, how they continued to feast upon the words of Christ and were instructed about how to part the veil and enter into Christ's presence in his glory. Return unto me, and I will return unto you. Well, how do we return unto Christ? Well, Christ declares the very words of how we return unto him. Um, And it is the same way that he declares that we should receive him. For Christ declares in 3 Nephi 9, verse 17, And as many as have received me, to them have I given to become the sons of God. And verse 20, And ye shall offer for sacrifice unto me a broken heart and contrite spirit. This is how we receive Christ. This is how we, um, the members of the church, that Christ is talking specifically through, to, through the words of Malachi, are to repent and return. And whoso cometh unto me with a broken heart and contrite spirit, him will I baptize with fire and with the Holy Ghost. The end time servant comes and with his coming, the opening of the heavens and the restoration um, of that truth, which is the covenant that God offers his people, even the new and everlasting covenant whereby they they might become Christ's sons and daughters. 
Verse seven, even from the days of your fathers, you are gone away from mine ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me and I will return unto you, said the Lord of hosts. But ye say, wherein shall we return? Now, here, Malachi is talking specifically about the priests of ancient Israel, you know, after the corruption of the Hebrew religion by the Deuteronomy 6 to 700 BC, um, and the apostasy of the southern kingdom. Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. And here, Malachi is talking to the priests of Judah and in the context in which it is being used by Christ. Um, Christ is talking specifically to, you know, those who hold the priesthood in the latter days, um, the sons of Lephi, in other words, and those who have leadership positions. Bring ye all the tithes and offerings into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Now, historically, the priests of the temple had absconded with the tithing offerings and were using them to enrich themselves and their friends. So, you know, this is not an admonition to the people that you're not paying enough tithing. This is a rebuke of the leaders of the church that they have stolen the tithing of the people. And it's God giving them an opportunity to repent and to return. If we turn to Malachi, we see the clear um, audience that Malachi is talking to. First, Malachi chapter 1. Verse 6, a son honoreth his father, and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is mine honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear? Saith the Lord of hosts unto you, O priests that despise my name, and ye say, wherein have we despised thy name? And in Malachi 2, verse 1, O now ye priests, this commandment is for you. And in Malachi chapter 3, verse 3, And he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. So both uh, leadership and those who hold the priesthood. If we cross-reference DNC 13, verse 1, Upon you, my fellow servants, in the name of Messiah, I confer the priesthood of Aaron, which holds the keys of the ministering of angels and the gospel of repentance and of baptism by immersion for the remission of sins. And this shall never be taken again from the earth until the sons of Levi do offer again an offering unto the Lord in righteousness. Know that a similar declaration is not made about the Melchizedek priesthood, only the Aaronic priesthood. Because the Aaronic priesthood is durable and survives apostasy. And truly, 
after it was restored to Joseph Smith by John the Baptist, it would not be taken from the earth until um, New Jerusalem, as we're going to be reading, is established. Um, the Aaronic priesthood officiates in the preparatory gospel, as we read in DNC 84. Uh, verses 24 through 26. But they hardened their hearts, the children of Israel, and could not endure his presence. Therefore, the Lord in his wrath, for his anger was kindled against them, swore that they should not enter into his rest, while in the wilderness, which rest is the fullness of his glory. Because they had rejected the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit, where for they could not become Christ's sons and daughters and instructed about how to enter into his rest. He took the Melchizedek priesthood and the fullness of the gospel from them and demoted them to the preparatory gospel, which is overseen by the Aaronic priesthood. Verses 25 and 26. Therefore, he took Moses out of their midst and the holy priesthood also. And the lesser priesthood continued, which priesthood holdeth the key of the ministering of angels and the preparatory gospel, which gospel is the gospel of repentance and of baptism and the remission of sins, which is exactly what happened to the early saints under Joseph Smith in 1834, when we were demoted from the fullness of the gospel of the church of Christ to the church of the Latter-day Saints. Now it's important to note that the first order of Melchizedek priesthood was not taken from Joseph or those who were in true and faithful with him in the Holy Order. That just didn't ever include Brigham Young, John Taylor, or Wilford Woodruff. Going back to 3 Nephi 24, verse 11. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the fields, saith the Lord of hosts. Now, this is talking specifically to those of Jacob who do repent and return, who come unto Christ, as much to say to the Latter-day Saints, who enter into the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit, that they might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and then continue to endure to the end, that my, they might enter into the rest of the Lord. And all nations shall call you blessed, for ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. You know, talking about the establishment of New Jerusalem. And your words have been stout against me, saith the Lord. Yet ye say, what have we spoken against thee? Now he's about to talk about the stumbling block of the Gentiles or members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. If we cross-reference in First Nephi chapter 13, starting in, in verse 42. And the time cometh that he shall manifest himself unto all nations, both unto the Jews and also unto the Gentiles. And after he has made manifest himself unto the Jews and also unto the Gentiles and the Gentiles and also unto the Jews, the last shall be first and the first shall be last. And it shall come to pass, chapter 14, verse 1, that if the LDS Gentiles shall hearken unto the Lamb of God in that day, in that day when the servant would again open the heavens and it would again be possible to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, it's important to note that the opening and closing of the heavens, when the heavens are closed, that does not mean 
that you can't pray and talk to God. It does not mean that you cannot receive revelation. It does not mean that you cannot have powerful spiritual experiences or even access the powers of heaven through faith to perform miracles. What it means specifically is that there is not a man on the earth who's been ordained and sealed to the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood or the first order of Melchizedek priesthood. Therefore, it is not possible to receive baptism by water by the Melchizedek priesthood. It is not possible to receive the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And therefore, it is not possible to enter into the rest of the Lord. And this is outlined in DNC 84, starting in verse 19. And this greater priesthood, the first order of Melchizedek priesthood, administereth the gospel and holdeth the key of the mysteries of the kingdom, even the key of the knowledge of God. Well, what is the key of the knowledge of God? It's, it's to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, that if you then continue to feast upon the words of Christ, you might be instructed about how to part the veil and enter into the rest of the Lord. Therefore, in the ordinances thereof, the power of godliness is manifest. How is the power of godliness manifest in the ordinances? Well, through the baptism of water by the Melchizedek priesthood and the ordinance of baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. And verse 21, and without the ordinances thereof and the authority of the priesthood, the power of godliness, which is the experience of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, is not manifest unto men in the flesh. And that is the definition of the heavens being closed. So going back to 1 Nephi chapter 14. And it shall come to pass that if the LDS Gentiles shall hearken unto the Lamb of God in that day, the day in which the heavens are again opened, and it's again possible to buy offering up the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit, which sacrifice can only be offered as it comes through revelation. Um, and the full terms of this sacrifice can only be revealed by revelation um, when the heavens are open during an open dispensation. Uh, again, that doesn't mean that one cannot, during a closed dispensation, submit their will to God's will and do their best to offer up a broken heart and contrite spirit, simply that the revelation required to fully offer up the sacrifice that one might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, is not possible. And that's why it's so critical to have gospel restorations, or else there would have been no need for Joseph to come in his first ministry. That he shall manifest himself unto them in word, and also in power, in very deed unto the taking away of their stumbling block. Well, what is the stumbling block of the LDS Gentiles? Well, it's the removal of the teaching of the doctrine of Christ um, by the church. And when it is mentioned, um, it's mentioned in name only and is never described. And harden not their hearts against the Lamb of God, so when the heavens would be open during a new dispensation and the doctrine of Christ would be taught by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost, those who would receive it with gladness and would enter into that covenant are they who do not harden their hearts against the Lamb of God. They shall be numbered among the seed of thy father. Well, the seed of thy father, you know, 
is the house of Israel. And when we receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, the Gentile blood is burned out of us and we become blood Israel. Um, quick cross-reference, 3 Nephi 16, verse 13. Now, Christ has just declared to the Nephites in verse 10 that the fullness of the gospel would be restored through Joseph, that we would reject the fullness, it would be taken from us, but that we would have the opportunity to repent and return. Verse 13 of 3 Nephi 16. But if the LDS Gentiles will repent and return unto me, saith the Father, behold, they shall be numbered among my people, O house of Israel. Now, this is the same verbiage that Christ, quoting Malachi, uses um, in 3 Nephi 24, that we, the LDS Gentiles, in the last days will have to repent and return or enter again into the new covenant. And look at the promise that when we do, we'll be numbered among the house of Israel. And that is because the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost purges the Gentile blood out of us and we become blood Israel. And thus, um, we are able to be numbered among the seed of, of Lehi. Yea, they shall be numbered among the house of Israel and they shall be a blessed people upon the promised land forever. They're talking about the Gentiles who repent and return. They shall no more be brought down into captivity. Uh, this has direct reference to the fact that we have been brought down into captivity when, as is stated in DNC 124, because we refuse to repent and return during the Nauvoo period, um, we stood rejected as a church with our dead. Uh, if we go to DNC 124. The context here is the Lord is giving the Latter-day Saints one last chance to repent and return. Um, and if we do, we will receive again the Melchizedek priesthood or become the sons of Moses. Um, and we'll have the fullness of the gospel restored to us. And the, the symbol that the Lord prov would provide that would alert all the members of the church that the Lord had received our sacrifice, had accepted our sacrifice and had restored the fullness again upon us is that we would finish the Nauvoo temple in the time that he had allotted for its completion. Verse 28, for there is not a place found on earth that he may come to and restore again that which was lost unto you or which he hath taken away even the fullness of the priesthood or this first order of Melchizedek priesthood. And that is why Christ is talking to the Latter-day Gentiles, to the members of the church, and addressing them as um, you know, sons of Levi, or those who have the Aaronic priesthood, because that is what continued. Verse 31, But I command you, all ye my saints, to build a house unto me, and I grant unto you a sufficient time to build a house unto me, and during this time your baptism shall be acceptable unto me, but behold, at the end of this appointment, your baptisms for your dead shall not be acceptable unto me. And if you do not these things at the end of the appointment, you shall be rejected as a church with your dead, saith the Lord your God. And if you go to the special collections um, webpage on, uh, at the BYU library, 
um, and you look up Nauvoo Temple, uh, you know, a page will come up that says the Nauvoo Temple was never finished. And since the Lord cannot lie, um, if the symbol that we had repented and returned um, was never fulfilled, then there is no other choice that we had to stand rejected as a church with our dead, as it says at the end of verse 32. Going back to First Nephi chapter 14. So, you know, that is simply the context of what Nephi is talking about here, that, you know, we, the LDS Gentiles, had come into bondage after the restoration. And that great pit, which hath been digged for them by that great and abominable church, which was founded by the devil and his children, that he might lead away the souls of men down to hell. Yea, that great pit which hath been digged for the destruction of men shall be filled by those who digged it. Unto their utter destruction, saith the Lamb of God, not to the destruction of the soul, save it be the casting of it into that hell which hath no end. And as we learn in the parable of redemption of Zion in DNC 101, this is one of the responsibilities of Joseph Smith when he returns. And you know, it has not happened yet. However, it will happen. And again, you know, providing context. Verse 14 and first Nephi 14. And it came to pass that I, Nephi, beheld the power of the Lamb of God, that it descended upon the saints of the church of the Lamb. Now, this is talking about the terrestrial order of the gospel. This is talking about those who receive the fullness of the gospel who ascend from the telestial preparatory gospel or the rejected as a church with your dead order of the gospel into the fullness of Christ's gospel. Um, when Joseph or the end time servant would again open the heavens uh, shortly before the second coming of Jesus Christ, who were scattered upon all the face of the earth and they were armed with righteousness and with the power of God in great glory. Um, the key to that is the new covenant and the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. That was the endowment of power for which both the Kirtland Temple and the Nauvoo Temples were built. Um, but the saints failed to do what was required in general, that they might be endowed with this power, which is the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Uh, there were only a few. And it came to pass that I beheld that the wrath of God was poured out upon the great and abominable church insomuch that there were wars and rumors of wars among all the nations and kindreds of the earth. And this is the time that we are heading into. And there began to be wars and rumors of wars among all the nations, which belong to the mother of abominations. An angel spake unto me saying, behold, the wrath of God is upon the mother of harlots and behold, thou seest all these things. And when the day cometh that the wrath of God is poured out upon the great and abominable church of all the earth, whose founder is the devil, then at that day, the work of the father shall commence the work of the father being the marvelous work in a wonder. Um, if we go back to first Nephi 14, verse seven, for the time cometh, saith the lamb of God, that I will work a great and marvelous work among the children of men, a work which shall be everlasting. 
either on the one hand or on the other, either to the convincing of them unto the peace and eternal life or unto the deliverance of them to the hardness of their hearts and the blindness of their minds unto their being brought down into captivity and also unto destruction, both temporally and spiritually, according to the captivity of the devil, which I have spoken. Okay, this is the work of the Father, which is to commence. Back in verse 17, which is the great and abominable church of all the earth, whose founder is the devil. Then at that day, the work of the Father shall commence in preparing the way for the fulfilling of his covenants, which he hath made to his people who are the house of Israel. And that begins at the time of the end time exodus. Now, a sign will be given that this work has commenced, and it goes in conjunction with DNC 101 or the prophecy in DNC 101, or in verse 55, the Lord says to one of his servants, the end time servant who returns um, to go gather the servants who return with him and gather out the strength of the Lord's house. And then verse 57, therefore get ye straightway unto my land, break down the walls of mine enemies, throw down their tower and scatter their watchmen. And inasmuch as they gather together against you, avenge me of mine enemies, that by and by I may come with the residue of my house and possess the land. So this is the beginning of the destruction of the great and abominable church, which will happen shortly before the end time exodus. And it is given to us as a sign that all these things are being and about to be fulfilled. Going back to 3 Nephi 24. Now, again in verse 13, your words have been stout against me, saith the Lord, yet ye say, what have we spoken against thee? You know, again, the priestly class of the Latter-day Saints is being talked to. Ye have said it is vain to serve God, and what doth it profit that we have kept his ordinances? and that we have walked mournfully before the Lord of hosts. And now we call the proud happy. Yea, that they that work wickedness are set up. Yea, that yea, they that tempt God are even delivered. Then they feared the Lord. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name or those among the Latter-day Saints who would awake and arise, receive the fullness of the gospel and enter into that covenant. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts in that day when I make up my jewels and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Because literally the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost is how, we become sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. And they are they who qualify for deliverance from destruction. Um, not only those who have received it, but those who have entered into the covenant path and are hearkening to the voice of the spirit and doing everything or are doing sufficient because nobody is able to do everything, but there is a sufficiency of hearkening to the voice of the spirit. Once we enter into that covenant, um, that 
we might receive all the experiences that we lack to fully come to a broken heart and contrite spirit to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and become sons and daughters of Christ. End of verse 17, again in in Nephi 24. Spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. And that serveth him is the key. So of God's covenant people, those who serve him. And Christ instructs us exactly how we are to serve him. And it's through the new and everlasting covenant. And once we have been warned to warn our neighbor. Verse 18. Then shall you return and discern between the righteous and the wicked. Talking about among the Latter-day Saints. Between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. Nephi chapter 25. Continuation of Malachi, specifically Malachi chapter 4. For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, all that do wickedly, shall be a stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. Now, This is a metaphor, root and branch, used by Isaiah. So, if we go to DNC 113 and read verses 1 through 6. Who is the stem of Jesse spoken of in the first, second, third, fourth, and fifth verses of the 11th chapter of Isaiah? Verily, thus saith the Lord, it is Christ. So Christ is the stem of Jesse. What is the rod spoken of in the first verse of the 11th chapter of Isaiah that should come of the stem of Jesse? Um, And this rod being spoken of is Joseph Smith in his first ministry. Now, when one goes to the original Hebrew, one learns that this rod um, is is actually what we would call a sucker branch. And on most trees, a sucker branch would be good for nothing. But on an olive tree, you can take a sucker branch and you can save the entire tree. Verse 4. Behold, thus saith the Lord, it is a servant in the hands of Christ who is partly a descendant of Jesse as well as of Ephraim. Well, Joseph Smith, during his first ministry, was a descendant of Jesse, or you know, Christ through his mother, and a descendant of Ephraim through his father. On whom there is laid much power. Now verse 5, what is the root of Jesse spoken of in the 10th verse of the 11th chapter? Behold, thus saith the Lord, it is a descendant of Jesse as well of Joseph, unto whom rightly belongs the priesthood and the keys of the kingdom for an ensign and for the gathering of my people in the last days. Now, this root is Joseph Smith in his second ministry. And so we have reference to the end time servant, both in his first and in his second ministries. And this actually gives us some context to understand 
what is being talked about in Malachi. Um, before we go back to Malachi, let's also look at Second Nephi 21. And in Second Nephi 21, verses 1 through 5, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. So again, um, you know, reference to Isaiah chapter 11, which we were just given a definition of in um, DNC 113. So again, there shall come forth a rod or Joseph Smith in his first ministry out of the stem of Jesse, who is Christ, or that this stem or this rod um, would be, you know, authorized and empowered by Jesus Christ. And a branch shall grow out of his roots. So the roots again are Joseph Smith in his second ministry. And this branch that shall grow out of the roots is um, the taking of the gospel to the house of Israel and the gathering out of those who receive the fullness of the gospel from among Israel, starting with the Latter-day Saints. Verse 2, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, and the spirit of wisdom and understanding, and the spirit of counsel and might, and the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears, which the ref, the implication is that is what the end time leaders in the church are doing. But that is not what he does. He judges and he rules by the power of the spirit. But with righteousness, Shall he judge the poor? Now, righteousness is a metaphor that Isaiah uses for the Lord's end time servant. So um, the implication is that the end time servant um, will be meeting out just judgment. And reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth. Um, you know, again, the rod of his mouth being uh, a metaphor for the Lord's end time servant. And with the breath of his lips, shall he slay the wicked? The breath of his lips uh, also being a metaphor for both the end time servant and the king of Assyria, king of Babylon, who would be tasked with destroying the wicked and righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins and faithfulness, the girdle of his reins. And again, in Isaiah, both righteousness and faithfulness are two metaphors for the end time servant. And verses 10 and 11. And in that day, or the day of the Lord, the day in which the heavens would be opened and the day of judgment would begin, and in that day, there shall be a root of Jesse, 
or in other words, the end time servant Joseph Smith Jr. would return, which shall stand for an ensign of the people. So in Isaiah, we have two ensigns. We have both the king of Assyria and Babylon, who stands as an ensign to destroy the world. And we have an ensign of the end time servant who stands to save all those who will out of it. Two, it shall the LDS Gentiles seek, and his rest shall be glorious. And it shall come to pass that the day that the Lord shall set his hand again, the second time. So this has multiple layers of meaning, but one of the layers of meaning to set his hand again, his hand is the end time servant. Um, again means that he set his hand a first time or that Joseph Smith had a first ministry and again has reference to that he would return. A second time to recover the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Assyria and from Egypt, from Pathros and from Cush and from Alam and from Shinar and from Hamath and from the islands of the sea. And he shall set up an ensign for the nations and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. So it starts with gathering out the LDS Gentiles uh, who are called the strength of the Lord's house on an end time exodus. Then taking the fullness of the gospel to the Lamanites, affecting a separation of wheat and tares among the Lamanites. And the wheat among the Lamanites join the end time exodus and then taking the fullness of the gospel to you know, the rest of North America until new Jerusalem is established. And from new Jerusalem to the four corners of the earth, to the lost 10 tribes, to the Jews and all who will receive the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit and diligently seek after the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy ghost as directed by the spirit. All right, back in 3 Nephi chapter 25. For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven. That day of the coming of the Lord. Um, this has reference to both him coming in his glory and the reign of terror of the king of Assyria, king of Babylon, which according to Isaiah destroys about 90% of the earth's population before that burning is finished. And all the proud, yea, all they that do wickedly shall be as stubble before the fire of the king of Assyria, king of Babylon. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, and that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. So, you know, in an end time servant um, scenario, this the root is Joseph's return for a second ministry and the branch you know, as we have defined it, those who would accept the fullness of the gospel through his second ministry. So those who reject it do not have a leader with the power to save them. And they do not become a people that survives the coming destructions. They are destroyed. But unto you that fear my name shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves in the stall. So 
this, this metaphor as Christ coming with healing in his wings, you know, this is the same glory that destroys the wicked, which, you know, is referred to in verse one as burning as an oven, um, is the same glory that gives the righteous the exact amount of opposition they need to repent, return, and ascend and become God's people. But unto you that fear my name shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves in the stall. So the general state of the world will be one of famine and starvation and deprivation. But the Lord is letting us know that those who come unto him and become his sons and his daughters will be provided for, not only provided for, but provided for in an optimal way. Or in other words, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves in the stall. And verse three, and ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel with the statues and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Or in other words, we have reference to the restoration of the Melchizedek priesthood. So Christ starts out by quoting Micah to the sons of Levi, um, saying that they shall be purified by silver. Or to the Latter-day Saints who have the Aaronic priesthood, who survive that purifying and cleansing and come out on the other end as silver and are not destroyed, this has reference that the Melchizedek priesthood will be restored to them. The power of Elijah is to bind and seal on earth and in heaven. And if we go to Helaman chapter 10, we have the account of Nephi, the father of the Nephi, who's alive at the time that Christ comes to the Nephites, um, receiving this power of the priesthood, which is, you know, in actuality, the second order of Melchizedek priesthood, the power to bind and seal on earth and in heaven. And in Helaman chapter 10, verse 6. Well, let's actually start in verse. Let's start in verse four. Blessed art thou, Nephi, for those things which thou hast done. For I have beheld how thou hast with unwearingness declared the word which I have given unto thee, unto this people. And thou hast not feared them, and thou hast not sought thine own life, but hast sought my will and to keep my commandments. Now, there are no shortcuts on the path of ascension. And there will be those on the end time exodus who will serve 
like Nephi served God. And when they serve as he served and prove themselves true and faithful, like Nephi proved himself true and faithful, they will also be endowed with this power that when they get to New Jerusalem, they're able to not only enter into it, but then to be sent forth to the four corners of the earth and um, continue the gathering of Israel and leading them to Zion. And now because thou hast done this with such unweariness, behold, I will bless thee forever. And I will make thee mighty in word and in deed, in faith, in works, even that all things shall be done unto thee according to thy words. For thou shalt not ask that which is contrary to my will. Behold, thou art Nephi, and I am God. Behold, I declare it unto thee in the presence of mine angels, that ye shall have power over this people, and shall smite the earth with famine, and with pestilence and destruction, according to the wickedness of this people. Behold, I give unto you power, that whatsoever ye shall seal on earth shall be sealed in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And thus shall ye have power among this people. And thus, if ye shall say unto this temple, it shall be rent in twain, it shall be done. And if ye shall say unto the mountain, be thou cast down and become smooth, it shall be done. And behold, if ye shall say that God shall smite this people, it shall come to pass. And now behold, I command you that ye shall go and declare unto this people that thus saith the Lord God, who is almighty, except ye repent, ye shall be smitten even unto destruction. And this will be the exact same message that those who go forth on the end time exodus uh, will be taken to the ends of the earth, that if they do not repent and return, they will be destroyed. But if they will repent and return, they will be gathered and there will be both staff and crutch for them. Or as Isaiah would say, both food supply and water supply and shelter from the heat of the storm, meaning the king of Assyria and king of Babylon. Now, if we go to DNC 84 verse two, we find out that Mount Zion is New Jerusalem. Yea, the word of the Lord concerning his church, established in the last days for the restoration of his people, as he has spoken by the mouth of his prophets, and for the gathering of his, stand, of his saints, to stand upon Mount Zion, which shall be the city of New Jerusalem, which was not accomplished during Joseph Smith's first ministry. It gets accomplished during his second ministry. If we go to DNC 84, verses 31 through 38. Therefore, as I said unto the sons of Moses. Um, now, in these verses, we have reference to sons of Moses and sons of Aaron. You know, sons of Aaron are those who eventually have the Aaronic priesthood sealed upon them. The sons of Moses in this context are those who eventually have the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood or first order of Melchizedek priesthood sealed upon them. Therefore, as I said concerning the sons of Moses, for the sons of Moses and also the sons of Aaron shall offer an acceptable offering 
and sacrifice in the house of the Lord, which house shall be built unto the Lord in this generation upon the consecrated spot that I have appointed. So again, this is talking about in the temples of New Jerusalem. Shall the offering of Aaron and Moses be presented both of the Aaronic priesthood and of the Melchizedek priesthood. And this offering in the temple of New Jerusalem by the Aaronic priesthood will actually herald the end of the Aaronic priesthood because the Aaronic priesthood is the power to officiate in the preparatory gospel. Um, As we read in verse 26, and the Lester priesthood continued which priesthood holdeth the key of the ministering of the angels and the preparatory gospel. Well, the preparatory gospel doesn't go forward into the millennium. There is no need for it. What does go into the millennium is the fullness of the gospel, the, the terrestrial order of the church of Christ and the celestial order of the church of the firstborn. And the sons of Moses and of Aaron shall be filled with the glory of the Lord upon Mount Zion or in New Jerusalem. In the Lord's house, whose sons are ye, and also many whom I have called and sent forth to build up my church. Again, this is one of the many, many instances in the Doctrine and Covenants where the words of the Lord and the prophecies pertain not to the generation during Joseph Smith's first ministry, but to the generation in his second. For whoso is faithful unto the obtaining of these two priesthoods, of which I have spoken, and magnifying their calling are sanctified by the spirit unto the renewing of their bodies. They become the sons of Moses and of Aaron and the seed of Abraham and the church and kingdom and the elect of God. And also all they who receive this priesthood receive me, saith the Lord, for he that receiveth my servants receiveth me and he that receiveth me receiveth my father. And he that receiveth my father receiveth my father's kingdom. Therefore, all that my father hath shall be given unto him. Now, here we have the outline of the path of ascension. uh, Very similar, but using different metaphors as to the way it is outlined in DNC 76. Um, In verse 51 and 52, we have those who have received the servants. They receive baptism of water by the Melchizedek priesthood and baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Verse 51, they are they who have received the testimony of Jesus and have believed on his name and were baptized after the manner of his burial, being buried in the water in his name. And this according to the commandment which he has given that by keeping the commandments, they might be washed and cleansed from all their sins and receive the Holy Spirit by the laying on of hands of him who is ordained and sealed unto this power. Again, these ordinances are performed by the Lord's uh, servants. And so if you receive the servants, you do what is required to receive both baptism by water and the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, verse 53 that goes into what is required to receive the son and who overcome by faith and are sealed by the Holy spirit of promise. This being sealed by the Holy spirit of promise is the 
being is receiving the son in the context of um, DNC 84. For the Holy Spirit of promise is Jesus Christ. As, and this sealing only happens in the, on the high mountain, not the earthly mountain, the heavenly mountain, or the seventh heaven where Christ reigns in the fullness of his glory. And this uh, sealing by the Holy Spirit of promise is having one's calling and election made sure. Which is not to see Christ in vision, which is not even to have Christ come down here, but it is to go into the seventh heaven and uh, have that sanctification or receive that sanctification of the son that can only be received in the fullness of his glory. Which the father sheds forth upon all those who are just and true. They are they who are of the church of the firstborn. And next we have the ascension level of uh, receiving the father. They are they into whose hands the father hath given all things. They are they who are priests and kings who have received of his fullness and of his glory. Not ordained to become kings and priests, queens and priestesses, but actually to become kings and priests, queens and priestesses, which is had to have the patriarchal order of Melchizedek priesthood or the second order of Melchizedek priesthood, the priesthood of God, the father, both to be ordained and sealed to it and for women um, to receive the matriarchal order. Verse 57, and are priests of the most high after the order of Melchizedek, which was after the order of Enoch, which was after the order of the only begotten. Wherefore, as it is written, they are gods, even the sons of God. Wherefore, all things are theirs, whether life or death or things present or things to come all are theirs and they are Christ in Christ is God's and verse 65 pertaining to this order. These are they who shall come forth in the resurrection of the just in the first, the first part in the first resurrection. They are they who are come unto Mount Zion. And we know from the verse 2 in DNC 84, that this is New Jerusalem. And unto the city of the living God, the heavenly place, the holiest of all. These are they who have come to an innumerable company of angels and the general assembly and church of Enoch and of the firstborn. These are they whose names are written in heaven where God and Christ are the judges of all. These are they who are just men made perfect through Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, who wrought out this perfect atonement through the shedding of his own blood. And so back to DNC 84. So again, verse 36, for he that receiveth my servants receiveth me. Baptism by water, baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. He that receiveth me receiveth my father, entering into the rest of the Lord, which rest is the fullness of his glory. And he that receiveth my father receiveth my father's kingdom. Therefore, all that my father hath shall be given unto him or to be ordained and sealed to the patriarchal order of Melchizedek priesthood for men and matriarchal order for women. And notice, therefore, all that my father hath shall be given unto him. And if we go back to DNC 76, verse 59 Wherefore, all things are theirs, whether life or death or things present or things to come, 
all are theirs and they are Christ and Christ is God's. And now back to third Nephi chapter 25. And so we have the restoration of the higher priesthoods, both the first order of Melchizedek priesthood, the apostolic order, and the second order of Melchizedek priesthood, the patriarchal order of Melchizedek priesthood, that men might become kings and priests, that women might become queens and priestesses. And behold, I will send you, in verse 5 of chapter 25, Elijah the prophet, before the coming of the great and deadful day of the Lord. Now, this also has reference to that restoration of the Melchizedek priesthoods during Joseph Smith's second ministry, even even though the foundation was laid during his first ministry. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers or bind or seal the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. For if the Melchizedek priesthood is not upon the earth, it is not possible to enter into the rest of the Lord. Therefore, it is not possible to enter into New Jerusalem and um, it would not be possible to enter into old Jerusalem when uh, it becomes a holy city. And therefore God would not have a people who are prepared to receive him. And when he came in his glory, the earth would be utterly wasted as a result. Third Nephi chapter 26. And now it came to pass that when Jesus had told these things, he expounded them unto the multitude. And he did expound all things unto them, both great and small. And he saith, these scriptures, which ye had not with you, the father commanded that I should give unto you. For it was wisdom in him that they should be given unto future generations. Well, why did they not have these scriptures of Malachi? Well, because Malachi lived after Lehi took his family and left Jerusalem. So naturally, they would not have these words in the brass plates. And he did expound all things, even from the beginning until the time that he should come in his glory. Yea, even all things which should come upon the face of the earth, even until the element should melt with fervent heat and the earth should be wrapped together as a scroll and the heavens and the earth should pass away. Now, this is the same thing as the vision of all things, which Isaiah receives and which the brother of of Jared receives and which the Nephites receive and which we are told that we might also receive. If we go to ether chapter four, behold, I have written in verse four of ether four, these, I have written upon these plates, the very things which the brother of Jared saw, and there never were greater things made manifest than those which were made manifest unto the brother of Jared, which Christ is just uh, expounded to the Nephites. Wherefore the Lord hath commanded me to write them and I have written them and he commandeth me that I should seal them up. And he also commandeth that I should seal up the interpretation thereof. Wherefore I have sealed up the interpreters according to the commandments of the Lord. For the Lord said unto me, they shall not go forth unto the Gentiles 
until that day that they shall repent of their iniquity and become clean before the Lord. And we read about this repenting of iniquity and becoming clean before the Lord as the removing of the stumbling block of the LDS Gentiles in 1 Nephi chapter 14, or the restoration of the new and everlasting covenant, the opening of the heavens, and the entering by those who would receive it into that covenant, becoming sons and daughters of Christ, and going on to enter into the rest of the Lord. For they are they who receive the sealed portion of the Book of Mormon. And verse 7, and in that day that they shall exercise faith in me, saith the Lord, even as the brother of Jared did, which doesn't mean that they will believe in me so much, just like the brother of Jared, that they may also have the vision of all things. No, it means that they will also seek after, receive, and act on revelation, as did the brother of Jared. In that day that they seek after, receive, and act on revelation, even as did the brother of Jared, which is what it means to exercise faith in me, even as did the brother of Jared, that they may become sanctified in me, then will I manifest unto them the things which the brother of Jared saw, even to the unfolding unto them of all my revelations, saith Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Father of heaven and of earth, and all things that in them are. So on the Exodus, we have the same opportunity that these people had when Christ came and visited them, and that the brother of Jared had, and as Nephi had, as is recorded in first Nephi starting in chapter 11 when he had his ascension experience. So back in third Nephi chapter 26 verse three, and he did expound all things even from the beginning until the time that he should come in his glory. Yea, even all things which should come upon the face of the earth, even until the element should melt with fervent heat. And the earth should be wrapped together as a scroll, and the heavens and the earth should pass away. And even unto the great and last day, when all people and all kindreds and all nations and tongues shall stand before God to be judged of their works, whether they be good or whether they be evil. And if they be good to the resurrection of everlasting life, and if they be evil to the resurrection of damnation, being on a parallel the one on the one hand and the other on the other hand, according to the mercy and the justice and the holiness which, in, which is in Christ, who was before the world began. And to understand what this is talking about, one has to understand uh, the doctrine of eternal lives, which is outlined in Alma chapter 13, verse 3. And now there cannot be written in this book even a hundredth part of the things which Jesus did truly teach unto the people. But behold, the plates of Nephi do contain the more part of the things which he taught the people. And the things which I have written, which are the lesser part of the things which he taught the people. And I have written them to the intent that they may be brought again unto this people from the Gentiles or the LDS Gentiles, meaning uh, that the fullness of the gospel will be taken to them during Joseph Smith's second ministry. According to the words which Jesus hath spoken. And when they shall have received this, which is expedient that they should have first to try their faith. And if it so be that they shall believe these things, then shall the greater things be made manifest unto them. You're talking about 
the discourse of the end from the beginning that Christ gave to the Nephites that Nephi received in first Nephi starting in chapter 11 and that Enoch and Moses received. And if it so be that they will not believe these things, then shall the greater things be withheld from them unto their condemnation. So if, if we, the Latter-day Saints, can't accept the doctrine of Christ and enter into it and receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and enter into the rest of the Lord, which for most will happen on the end time exodus who receive it, then we will never receive the greater portion of the things which are contained within the sealed portion of the Book of Mormon or the vision of all things, the end from the beginning. Verse 10, and if it so be that they will, will not believe these things, then shall the greater things be withheld from them unto their condemnation. Behold, I was about to write them, all which were engraven upon the plates of Nephi, but the Lord forbade it, saying, I will try the faith of my people. Therefore, I, Mormon, do not write the things which have been commanded me of the Lord. And I, Mormon, make an end of my sayings and proceed to write the things which have been commanded me. So not only is the uh, fullness of the writings of the brother of Jared um, part of the sealed portion of the Book of Mormon, but also um, things which were engraven upon the plates of Nephi, which were kept back by Mormon. Therefore, I would that you should behold that the Lord truly did teach the people for the space of three days. And after that, he did show himself unto them oft, and did break bread oft, and bless it, and gave it unto them. And it came to pass that he did teach and minister unto the children of the multitude, of whom hath been spoken, and did loose their tongues, and they did speak unto their fathers great and marvelous things, even greater than he had revealed unto the people. And he loosed their tongues that they could utter. And it came to pass that after he had ascended into heaven, the second time that he showed himself unto them and had gone into the father after having healed all their sick and their lame and opened the eyes of their blind and unstopped the ears of the deaf and even had done all manner of cures among them. He raised a man from the dead and had shown forth his power unto them and had ascended unto the Father. Behold, it came to pass that on the morrow that the multitude gathered themselves together, and they both saw and heard these children. Yea, even babes did open their mouths and utter marvelous things, and things which they did utter were forbidden, that there should not any man write them. And it came to pass that the disciples, <coughs> whom Jesus had chosen, began from that time forth to baptize and to teach as many as did come unto them. And as many as were baptized in the name of Jesus were filled with the Holy Ghost. And many of them saw and heard unspeakable things which are not lawful to be written. And they taught and administer one to another. And they had all things common among them, every man dealing justly one with another. And it came to pass that they did do all things even as Jesus commanded them. And they who were baptized in the name of Jesus were called the Church of Christ.
3 Nephi chapter 27. And it came to pass that his disciples of Jesus were journeying and were preaching the things which they had both heard and seen and were baptizing in the name of Jesus. It came to pass that the disciples were gathered together and were united in mighty prayer and fasting. And Jesus again showed himself unto them, for they were praying unto the Father in his name. And Jesus came and stood in the midst of them and said unto them, what will ye that I shall give unto you? And they said unto him, Lord, we will that thou wouldst tell us the name whereby we shall call this church. For there are disputations among the people concerning this matter. And the Lord said unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you, why is it that the people should murmur and dispute because of this thing? Have they not read the scriptures which say ye must take upon you the name of Christ, which is my name? For by this name shall ye be called at the last day. And we become called by this name as we're adopted sons and daughters of Christ through the baptism of fire, baptism, Holy Ghost. Baptism by water um, into the terrestrial order is, is conditional and is temporary. And it's conditional and temporary based on that we continue to do all that is required of us to come into a broken heart and contrite spirit that we might receive the baptism of fire, baptism, the Holy ghost at which time that membership is confirmed upon us with that Holy ordinance. And whoso taketh upon him, my name and endureth to the end, the same shall be saved at the last day. Therefore, whatsoever ye shall do, ye shall do it in my name. Therefore, ye shall call the church in my name. And he shall call upon the father in my name that he will bless the church for my sake. And how be it my church, save it be called in my name. For if a church be called in Moses's name, then it be Moses's church. Or if it be called in the name of a man, then it be the church of a man. But if it be called in the name, in my name, then it is my church. If it so be that they are built upon my gospel. So, we have several requirements for the terrestrial order. One, it must be called in Christ's name. Two, it has to be built upon his gospel, which means that it is built upon uh, the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood, which has the power and authority to officiate in this order of the gospel, as we read in DNC 84. And um, it goes forth and it cries repentance baptism of water, baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost through the offering up of the new sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit that one might continue to enter into the rest of the Lord. This is his gospel. Verily I say unto you that ye are built upon my gospel. Therefore ye shall call whatsoever things ye do call in my name. Therefore, if ye call upon the Father for the church, if it be in my name, the Father will hear you. And if it so be that the church is built upon my gospel, then will the Father show forth his own works in it. But if it be not built upon my gospel and is built upon the works of men or upon the works of the devil, verily I say unto you, they have joy in their works for a season. And by and by the end cometh. And they are hewn down and cast into the fire from whence there is no return.
for their works to follow them. For it is because of their works that they have been, that they are hewn down. Therefore, remember the things that I have told you. Behold, I have given unto you my gospel. And this is the gospel which I have given unto you, that I came into the world to do the will of my father, because my father sent me. And my father sent me that I might be lifted up upon the cross. And after that, I had been lifted up upon the cross, that I might draw all men unto me, that as I have been lifted up by men, even so should men be lifted up by the father to stand before me, to be judged of their works, whether they are be good or whether they be evil. And for this cause, I have been lifted up. Therefore, according to the power of the father, I will draw all men unto me that they may be judged according to their works. And it shall come to pass that whoso repenteth and is baptized in my name shall be filled. And if he endureth to the end, behold him will I hold guiltless before my father at that day when I shall stand to judge the world. And he that endureth not to the end, the same is he that also is hewn down and cast into the fire from whence they can no more return because of the justice of the father. And this is the word which he hath given unto the children of men. And for this cause, he fulfilleth the words which he hath given and he lieth not, but fulfilleth all his words and no unclean thing can enter into his kingdom. Therefore, nothing entereth into his rest, save it be those who have washed their garments in my blood because of their faith and the repentance of all their sins, and their faithfulness unto the end. Now this is the commandment, repent, all ye ends of the earth, and come unto me and be baptized in my name, that ye may be sanctified by the reception of the Holy Ghost, that ye may stand spotless before me at the last day. Verily, verily, I send to you, this is my gospel, and ye know the things that ye must do in my church, for the works which ye have seen me do, that, ye, that shall ye also do. For that which ye have seen me do, even that shall ye do. Therefore, if ye do these things, blessed are ye, for ye shall be lifted up at the last day. Write the things which ye have seen and heard, save it be those which are forbidden. Write the works of this people, which shall be even as hath been written of that which hath been. For behold, out of the books which have been written and which shall be written, shall this people be judged for by them shall their works be known unto men and behold, all things are written by the father. Therefore out of the books, which shall be written, shall the world be judged and know ye that ye shall be judges of this people according to the judgment, which I shall give unto you, which shall be just. Therefore, what manner of men ought ye to be verily I say unto you, even as I am. And now I go unto the Father, and verily I say unto you, whatsoever things ye shall ask the Father in my name shall be given unto you. Therefore ask, and ye shall receive, knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For he that asketh receiveth, and he that knocketh, it shall be opened. Now Christ is talking to his apostles, his disciples, and he gave the very same counsel in DNC 88 to the first labors in the last kingdom those who had been ordained with Joseph to the second order of Melchizedek priesthood, the patriarchal order. And now behold, my joy is great, even unto fullness. 
because of you and also this generation. Yea, even the Father rejoiceth, and also all the holy angels because of you and this generation, for none of them are lost. Behold, I would that ye should understand, for I mean them who are now alive of this generation, and none of them are lost, and in them I have fullness of joy. But behold, it sorroweth me because of the fourth generation from this generation, for they are led away captive by him, even as was the son of perdition. For they will sell me for silver and for gold, and for that which moth doth corrupt, and which both thieves can break through and steal. And in that day will I visit them, even in turning their works upon their own heads. And it came to pass that when Jesus had ended these sayings, he said unto his disciples, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that leads to life, and few there be that find it. But wide is the gate, and broad is the way which leads to death, and many there be that travel therein. Until the night cometh, wherein no man can work. Third Nephi, chapter 28. And it came to pass that when Jesus had said these words, he spake unto his disciples one by one, saying unto them, What is that? Or what is it that ye desire of me after I am gone to the Father? And they all spake, save it were three, saying, We desire that after we have lived unto the age of man, that our ministry, wherein thou hast called us, may have an end, that we may speedily come unto thee in thy kingdom. And he said unto them, Blessed are ye, because ye desired this thing of me. Therefore, after that ye are seventy and two years old, ye shall come unto me in the kingdom, in my kingdom, and with me ye shall find rest. And when he had spoken unto them, he turned himself unto the three and said unto them, What will ye that I should do unto you when I am gone unto the Father? And they sorrowed. In their hearts, for they durst not speak unto him the thing which they desire. And he said unto them, Behold, I know your thoughts, and ye have desired the thing which John, my beloved, who was with me in my ministry, before that I was lifted up by the Jews, desired of me. Therefore, more blessed are ye, for ye shall never taste of death, but ye shall live to behold all the doings of the Father unto the children of men, even until all things shall be fulfilled according to the will of the Father when I shall come in my glory with the powers of heaven and ye shall never endure the pains of death. But when I shall come in my glory, ye shall be changed in the twinkling of an eye from mortality to immortality. And then shall ye be blessed in the kingdom of my father. And again, ye shall not have pain while ye shall dwell in flesh, neither sorrow, save it be for the sins of the world, and all this will I do because of the thing which ye have desired of me. For ye have desired that ye might bring the souls of men unto me while the world shall stand. Now we've just had put forth that there are different degrees and levels of um, that aspect of resurrection, which pertains to um, translation. And they with John the Revelator, um, will be caught up on the morning of the first resurrection, as is outlined in DNC 76, um, with all of those who have attained unto the level of king and priest, queen and priestess, and will receive that high level of translation with which they will go into New Jerusalem and into the millennium. 
And for this cause, verse 10, ye shall have fullness of joy. And ye shall sit down in the kingdom of my father. Ye your joy shall be full, even as the father hath given me fullness of joy. And ye shall be even as I am. And I am even as the father. And the father and I are one. And the Holy Ghost beareth record of the father and me. And the father giveth the Holy Ghost unto the children of men because of me. And it came to pass that when Jesus had spoken these words, he touched every one of them with his finger, save it were the three who were to tarry, and then he departed. And behold, the heavens were opened, and they were caught up into heaven, and saw and heard unspeakable things. And it was forbidden them that they should utter, neither was it given unto them power that they could utter the things which they saw and heard. And whether they were in the body or out of the body, they could not tell, for it did seem unto them like a transfiguration of them, that they were changed from this body of flesh into an immortal state, that they could behold the things of God. But it came to pass that they did again minister upon the face of the earth. Nevertheless, they did not minister of the things which they had heard and seen, because the commandment which was given them in heaven. And so, you know, we have lots of different levels of, of revelation that came to the Nephites. Um, Christ unfolding the end from the beginning. You know, babes uttering um, even greater words and revelations than what Christ had shared with them. And unto uh, those that were caught up into heaven, the three, who saw and heard unspeakable things, well, even with all that had been revealed unto the Nephites thus far, these things would only be able to reveal unto them when they would also be caught up into the heavens and would there receive those highest of all things. And now whether they were mortal or immortal, from that day of their transfiguration, I know not. But this much I know, according to the record which hath been given, they did go forth upon the face of the land and administer unto all the people, uniting as many to the church as would believe in their preaching, baptizing them, and as many as were baptized did receive the Holy Ghost. And they were cast into prison by them who did not belong to the church. And the prisons could not hold them, for they were rent in twain. And they were cast down into the earth, but they did smite the earth with the word of God insomuch that by his power, they were delivered out of the depths of the earth. Therefore, they could not dig pits sufficient to hold them. And thrice they were cast into a furnace and received no harm. And twice they were cast into a den of wild beasts. And behold, they did play with the beasts as a child with a suckling, suckling lamb and received no harm. And it came to pass that they did go forth among all the people of Nephi and did preach the gospel of Christ unto all the people upon the face of the land. And they were converted unto the Lord and were united unto the church of Christ. And thus the people of that generation were blessed according to the word of Jesus. And now I, Mormon, make an end of speaking concerning these things for a time. Behold, I was about to write the names of those who were never to taste of death, but the Lord forbade Therefore, I write them not, for they are hid from the world. But behold, I have seen them, and they have ministered unto me. And behold, they will be among the Gentiles, or the LDS people, 
and the Gentiles shall know them not. And they will also be among the Jews, and the Jews shall know them not. And it shall come to pass that when the Lord seeth fit in his wisdom, that they shall minister unto all the scattered tribes of Israel, and unto all nations, kindreds, tongues, and people, and shall bring out of them unto Jesus many souls, that their desire may be fulfilled, and also because of the convincing power of God which is in them. And they are as the angels of God, and if they shall pray unto the Father in the name of Jesus, they can show themselves unto whatsoever man it seemeth them good. So. If you come into the presence of a translated being and he does not receive permission from father to show himself unto you, you cannot see him. Therefore, great and marvelous work shall be wrought by them before the great and coming day when all people must surely stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Yea, even among the Gentiles shall there be great and marvelous work brought by them before that judgment day or even among the awake of the Latter-day Saints who will accept the fullness of the gospel and will participate in the end-time exodus and will be the missionary force on that end-time exodus until New Jerusalem is established. And once New Jerusalem is established to the gathering out of Israel from the four corners of the earth. Yea, even among the Gentiles, there shall be a great and marvelous work wrought by them before that judgment day. And if ye had all the scriptures which give an account of all the marvelous works of Christ, ye would, according to the words of Christ, know that these things must surely come. And woe be unto him that will not hearken unto the words of Jesus, and also to them whom he hath chosen and sent among them. For whoso receiveth not the words of Jesus and the words of those whom he hath sent, receive not him, and therefore he will not receive them at the last day. And it would be better for them if they had not been born. For do you suppose that ye can get rid of the justice of an offended God who hath been trampled under the feet of men, that thereby salvation might come? And now behold, I speak concerning those whom the Lord hath chosen, yea, even three who are caught up into the heavens, that I knew not whither they were cleansed from mortality to immortality. But behold, since I wrote, I have inquired of the Lord. And he hath made it manifest unto me that there must needs be a change wrought upon their bodies, or else it needs be that they must taste of death. Therefore, that they might not taste of death, they were. there was a change wrought upon their bodies, that they might not suffer pain nor sorrow, save it were for the sins of the world. Now this change was not equal to that which shall take place at the last day, the morning of the first resurrection. But there was a change wrought upon them insomuch that Satan could not have power over them. They received a lower order of translation that he could not tempt them. And they were sanctified in the flesh that they were holy and that the powers of the earth could not hold them. And in this state, they were to remain until the judgment day of Christ. And at that day, they were to be received into the kingdom of the father to go no more out, but to dwell with God eternally in the heavens. And we will cross-reference DNC 76. Verse 62. These shall dwell in the presence of God and his Christ forever and ever. These are they whom he shall bring with him 
when he shall come in the clouds of heaven to reign on earth over his people. These are they who shall have part in the first resurrection. These are they who shall come forth in the resurrection of the just. These are they who are come unto Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly place, the holiest of all. These are they who have come to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of Enoch and of the church of the firstborn. These are they whose names are written in heaven where God and Christ are the judge of all. These are they who are just men made perfect through Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant who wrought out this perfect atonement through the shedding of his own blood. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.